Uh, good morning. Uh, like Stu said, my name's Todd. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, let, me, let me answer a question that I've heard from a lot of you, and, and I love it. I love engaging with you all. Uh, let me just try to take one out of the way right now. Uh, the transition is going as well as a transition could. If only somebody would preach a sermon series on it, I think that would really help us kind of get through this. Okay, those of you who are laughing, you've been here for the last four or five weeks. Good job, good job. Uh, like you said, we're, we're, we're new. We are so glad to be here. For one reason, the places I used to live are currently getting snowed on. Uh, I, uh, somebody posted this thing for, for one of the, the towns we used to live in from the, the Weather Channel, and it had like this hard freeze warning and a forecast of like four inches of snow coming. Uh, I was standing out at my son's football game yesterday just bathing in sweat, uh, and I couldn't have been happier. I couldn't have been happier. So uh, we're happy to be here. The kids are getting plugged in school. We got a couple of boys doing football. Uh, we're, we, we, know, we, we know where most of the stores are. We're still not quite sure where the closest grocery store is because we're right in the middle of like a, a few. It just We haven't figured that out yet, but uh, we are so glad to be here. We love it here. Uh, enjoying Sarasota and 360 and all that that this whole place has to offer. So uh, we appreciate you guys and how welcoming you've been. I, I said it before and I'll say it again. I've never been hugged more at a church in my life. Uh, and, and keep it up. Keep it up. That is, that is a good thing. Um, so uh, this morning I want to talk about the value of being together. If you can see it there, that's the hands of uh, Four out of my five children. That's what's going on behind there. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, chapter ten. Uh, and while you're turning there, um, like Steve said, we've been here something uh, six, seven weeks, something like that. Uh, our transition down here was was a quick one, uh, just like Billy and, and Ruthie. Like they get the job and they're moving. We got the job and we moved. And and when we found out we were moving to Sarasota. Uh, my, my family kind of split into this research mode, right? Like my wife, she's looking for, for a house. Uh, my two older kids, they were looking for the nearest uh, skate shop where they could buy their longboards and all that sort of stuff. Um, and one of my sons, uh, who is a diehard Wisconsin Badgers fan, there's a whole story behind that I'd love to share with you at some other point. But he's a diehard Wisconsin Badgers fan, and he comes to me one day, and he says, Dad, he says, how far away are we going to be from Tampa Bay? And I'm like, well, that's a, a weird question coming from you, but we're, it would be like an hour, hour and a half. And he's like, he goes, okay. And he just sat there, and so finally, I, like, I bit, I'm like, why? He says, well, Dad... The Wisconsin Badgers season opener is against the University of Southern Florida. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, we, we're moving, you know, 8,000 miles away from Wisconsin, and they're going to be at our doorstep. And I could just see the, I could see the next question in his eyes, right? He says, but he couched it good, right? He's, he's, he's learning. He's learned from his older brothers and sisters. He said, he said Dad, do you, do you think maybe we could talk about going to the game? And I was like, yeah, we could, we could have that conversation. In my mind, thinking we wouldn't even be here in time. Well, like two weeks later, we're living in Sarasota. And he comes to me, he says, Dad, that, that game is in a few weeks. And so I said, all right, buddy. So I got online and I bought some tickets. 
And uh, uh, three, three of my kids and myself, we, we jammed up there on a Friday after school. And I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like walking into enemy territory. If you're a, a Bulls fan, that's okay. That's okay. It's good for you. Um, I've been to a few college football games before, and I was glad I was always going to a game in my home stadium. I didn't want to be the, you know, the outsider. And this was, uh, well, all the kids who were with me, it was their first experience in a significantly sized stadium with thousands of their closest friends. And so I'm like, Lord, just like, help us to just to kind of navigate through maybe angry tailgaters and just get in the game. And so we, we parked and we paid the $8 million to park and we're walking towards the stadium and I'm looking around and I'm going, everybody's wearing red, which is the Badger's color. And I, like, I, I was like, okay, like, we'll, we'll at least make it in the stadium alive. And I bought tickets online. I know nothing about buying tickets online. I didn't know where to buy the right tickets. I just went for the ones I could afford. And in my mind, I, I pictured like us around all sorts of, of Southern Florida fans, right? Well, we get in and it's all Badgers fans all around us. And so when Wisconsin did good, which they, they smoked the Bulls, I'm sorry, but they, they just clobbered them. We were standing and cheering. It was, it was raining. We didn't care. We're high-fiving people we've never seen before. We're, we're screaming and yelling. It was so rich, that experience of being together, because everybody around us had the same desire. Everybody around us had the same passion. And we came away from that, man, we, we didn't get home till like midnight, one in the morning, and we were all just as high as a kite. It was so fun. We were just so excited. And yet, it was just a football game. But we were a group of people together with others who had the same passion and the same desire that we did. As you parked your car somewhere around here this morning and you walked into this building, we could say the same thing, right? We are a group of people gathered together with a similar passion. And yet, my hope Hopefully, your hope and your desire is that what takes place here this morning is deeper, is, is weightier, is more significant than what took place yesterday across the country in all sorts of college football stadiums. I would argue, and I think you would agree with me, that it needs to be weightier, that it needs to be more significant than just playing a game to try to play a game in January. We need it to be more significant. We need it to be weightier. And I would argue that it is. And I would argue that it is because of the reasons that we gather together and because of the, because of the things that happen, because of the, the outcomes, the results of what takes place in us being together this morning. That's what we're going to look at in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 19 and following. We're going to start with the reasons together that give this time value, that give this time worth. It has nothing to do with the walls. It has nothing to do with this physical building. 
It has to do with things far greater than that. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. We're going to start there. The author says this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. All right, let's stop there. The author of Hebrews, he, he starts these verses with, with therefore, and if you've studied the Bible for any length of time, maybe you've heard that cute little phrase, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up. What he's saying at the beginning of that verse is because of everything that we have talked about in regards to Jesus Christ for the last nine and a half chapters, that's what the therefore means. All that we have just learned about Christ We have a confidence to enter the holy places by his blood. You see, the thing that gives today value, this reason for coming together, is because of what he did. We have confidence by his blood, because of the shedding of his blood, because of the death that took place on the cross. That blood gives us a confidence. Now check out the language he uses here. We have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. And then at the, at the last part of the verse, it says that he, the, he opened for us through the curtain. Probably to most of us here this morning, those ideas, those phrases are kind of lost on us. The recipients of this letter that verse right there would have blown their minds. Because here's, here's what it alluded to. When a member of the nation of Israel, when a, a good Jewish individual would have gone into the temple, there was places they could not go. I saw something similar to this. Uh, a couple years ago, we, we were finalizing the adoption of our youngest son, uh, we brought him home from Ethiopia, and we, we were stuck there for a while, and we spent a lot of time there. And so one day, the owner of the hotel that we were living in asked us if we would like to see his church. I said, I would love to see your church. And it was this new uh, Christian Orthodox church that they were building, and it, I mean, it was incredible. And it was actually still under construction, and so we, we went in. I remember we walked into this, into this huge, basically, we would call it a sanctuary, but in the middle of the sanctuary, there was this room. And it was basically their version of the Holy of Holies. When a good Jewish person would go into the temple, there was this, this thick curtain. And I'm not just talking like, you know, a nice little Ikea thing. This thing was massive, several inches thick, floor to ceiling, and it was a representation of the separation that God had from his people. Because behind that curtain is where the presence of God dwelled. And on one day a year, one guy would go in there as a representation of the entire nation of Israel. And you better hope that dude was prayed up. It was so significant that they would actually they would tie a rope around his ankle 
and they would put bells on the bottom of his robes because if they didn't hear the bells anymore, they would assume that the guy was struck dead because he hadn't confessed all his sin and he wasn't right before the Lord. Well, nobody wanted to go in after him, so they would pull the rope and pull him out. That was how significant this place was. And yet now the author is saying we have confidence to enter in. There was a lot of really cool things that happened when Jesus died. In the book of Matthew, let me get there. Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is just about finished being crucified. He is just about ready to give up his life. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 says this. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He gave up his life. And behold, here's the the very next thing that happened after Jesus died. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That curtain that separated God from his people when Jesus died is no longer necessary. And so this morning, you, you have confidence, we have confidence that as we gather together, the songs that we just sung, they reach the ears of our Heavenly Father. They go to heaven. We have a confidence to enter in. The Holman Christian Standard Bible translates it this way. It says, we have boldness to enter the sanctuary. We don't have to worry about having the right ticket. We don't have to worry about having everything all put together and then we come in and then maybe we can make it into his presence. No, we enter in with confidence. With, with the confidence that, that my kids come through our front door. Right? Because they know it's home. They know it's safe. They know mom and dad are there and they press in. We have a confidence to enter in. So we gather together because of what Jesus has done. We also gather together because of who Jesus is. Keep going in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21. The author says again, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Stop there. Some of your versions might say we have a great high priest. Again, most of us would read that and go, oh, that's cool. The significance of that is lost on most of us. For an Old Testament Jew, the high priest was the man. The high priest was the guy that would go into the Holy of Holies and represent the entire nation of Israel before the presence of God. No less than 12 times is Jesus referred to as a high priest in the book of Hebrews. He is the one who has atoned for our sins. He is the one who has made the way between us and God. He goes before us. And so we gather together because of of what he has done. And we gather together because of who he is. All of those, those, those two things gives us a confidence. It gives us a boldness to enter in. Again, not not needing to have it all together. 
not needing to have it all figured out, which aren't you so thankful for that? Because let's be really honest. We want to look like we got it all together. I want to look like we got it all together, right? I want to say the transition has gone so smooth. No one has been upset that we've moved all the way across the country. It's been easy. We didn't lose anything in the move. Nothing got broken. We know where everything is. All the boxes are unpacked. No. Life's a mess. So's yours. Draw near with confidence to God. He doesn't need us to have it all wrapped up. And knowing that, beginning to understand that, should cause this morning to be so rich. It should cause it to be so valuable. Knowing that, that he doesn't need us to have it all together. He doesn't need us to play the part. We have a great high priest who has taken care of it all for us so we can enter in. There's value in us being together this morning. There's value in you going to your connect group. Not just signing up and then never going. Not just signing up and going once. I'm not talking to anybody in individual, okay? I've just been around church long enough, like been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, right? There's value in us being together because of who Jesus is. One of the things I love about this passage is it gives us a call to action. There's something for me to do. There's something for you to do in this. Look at verse 22. We can tell because, because the author changes his language a little bit. Verse 22, he says, let us, you and me, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There's a lot in there that we are not going to unpack all of this morning. Here's what I want you to take. Draw near. Let us draw near. And that drawing near, that is to God the Father. You ever watch a little kid, maybe who, who, who got picked up from Sunday school, and they're kind of out here. Maybe they got separated from their parents a little bit, or they were playing with their friends, and then they, they, they try to navigate their way back to mom and dad. It's like watching a running back follow their blockers, right? Just kind of through, bobbing and weaving. They, they want to draw near. And you know what I love about that picture too with the kid is that kid isn't thinking, man, I hope I can articulate my Sunday school lesson really well and I, oh, I, I hope my, my shirt better be tucked in because that's what, what dad's gonna wanna see. No, they come, right? Snotty messes, crinkled up papers, half of it's still in the Sunday school classroom and they jump up and they press in. Yesterday, uh, we were, some of my kids were swimming my little guy, Isaiah, he, he's, he's in that stage where he just wants to hang out on the stairs, okay? We'll hit the ocean, and the kid will grab onto any of his older siblings around, and he will, like, he will go to Texas with them if, if, if that's what they want to do. But in our pool, he has to stay on the stairs. I don't know why, but it's crazy. So yesterday, he's on the stairs, and he, and he jumps up. He gets so excited, and he just smacks his head right on the, the railing. And he comes over to me, 
dripping wet. And all he wanted to do, he goes, Daddy, up. And I'm like, but you're, like, you're, you're wet, right? <laughs> he didn't care. He, he wanted to press in, to draw near. We have the privilege of being able to do that this morning. We don't have to have a special priest. We don't have to have special rooms. We don't have to have special days. The author says, with full assurance of faith, we draw near to God. He goes on and he says, let us draw near. There's more action that we are called to do. In verse 23, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. As we gather together, as we draw near to the Lord, we hold fast to the confession of our hope. We know what we believe. We know what we believe. And, and those beliefs should cause us all the more to want to draw near to God. They should cause us all the more to desire to gather together. That knowledge should increase our confidence the understanding of who God is, that the confession of our hope should give us a greater confidence to press in regardless of our mess. Two more actions. Verse 24, he says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let us consider how to stir up one another. I like that he says, consider. It's, it's, it's a thought process. It's something we have to consciously engage in, because let's face it, our natural bent is not others. It is not normal for us, left up to ourselves, to just want to focus on everybody else. But the author says, let us consider how to stir up, how to provoke, how to incite love and good works from others. It's this idea of promoting Christ-likeness from other people. And I think one of the primary ways we do it is we live that way. We should live in such a fashion that our lives are being an example to others, not of perfection, but of a desire for being like Jesus. We're stirring one another up. We're provoking one another to love and good deeds. And the author gives us the context that this takes place in. Look at the next sentence. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Not abandoning the, the gathering together of ourselves. That would be the literal translation straight from the Greek. 2019 version, go to church. And I know you're all thinking, I'm here, sweet. Everybody else who's not here, like they really need to listen to this message. <laughs> we need to be here. 
And when you come here, when you, when you came in this morning, when you come back next Sunday, when you go to your Connect group, the opportunity for ministry is not just by the paid professionals or by your Connect group leader. You and me, we are all called to stir one another up. I would say my four-year-old, when he gets here this morning, he is called to stir up people, to love and good works. It's not just Steve's job. It's not just whoever, whoever is standing up here. It's not just the worship, worship team's job. It's everybody's job to stir one another up. And you can't stir me up if you're sitting at home watching football. And I can't stir up if I'm sitting on the beach. And I purposefully use those two things because I love football and I love the beach. <laughs> but there's something that takes place here that can't happen there. So we stir one another up. We consider others can I just, can I press a little bit? Not like you can say no. <laughs> this morning is not just about you. This morning, for me, it's not just about me. And let's face it, that's the easy part, right? Come in, drop off the kids, sit down, go pick up the kids, leave. Whew, got out without having to engage. I would say you missed out on something then. If I, can, if I can press again, I would say, you're not doing it right. Now I will say, there is a season, maybe there is a time, where coming in is all you can do. That's all you can muster. I walked into a church probably about six, eight months ago. Yeah, about six, eight months ago. And I prayed as we walked in. I said, Lord... I'm hurt, I'm wounded. I said, Jesus, I don't want to talk to anybody this morning. I said, I want to be here. I want to be around your people. Like, I want to have the comfort of that. I want to be with them, but I, I don't want to have to engage with anybody. And he graciously allowed that. Not for a long time, but he allowed that. So I fully believe there are seasons that that needs to happen, and I, I am going to assume that the Spirit is going to work in those. But for the rest of us, come in, considering others, stir one another up. And our last call to action, verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Encourage one another. You might say, well, that's easy, that's really simple. In concept, but to do it, that's, that's something else. Because to do it means I've got I've to manage my kids hanging. Or to do it means I, I might have to actually tell someone, ah, I'm not fine. Right, because that's church, right? That's a good church right there. Hey, how you doing this morning, buddy? Oh, I'm fine, great. Oh, hey, how are you? Fine, great, praise the Lord, bye. And you're not. I know you're not. I might not even know your name. I know you're not, because life is life, right? It's hard, it's messy. There might be some great things happening. There might be some not great things happening. As we come in and as we gather together, we have the opportunity to encourage one another. 
The Greek word for encourage, it literally means to come alongside. You ever planted a, a new tree? I haven't, but I've seen this before. You plant a tree and then you put like a pipe in the ground next to it and you tie the tree to the pipe, right? That pipe is literally encouraging that tree. It is standing beside it, helping it, holds it up. If we're really honest, even probably the more introverted ones of that, don't we want that? Don't we want somebody to come alongside of us and just be like, hey, I got you. Let me encourage you. Let me, let me speak positive words into you. Let me, let me cry with you. Let me rejoice with you. We can't do that if we're not here. We can't do that if we're not in our connect group. You can't do that if you're, if, you're, if you're ditching your exchange, your small circle meetings. We are missing out on opportunities for the Holy Spirit to use other people in our lives. So there is significant value in what we're doing this morning. There is a significant value in being together. And the great thing is you play a part. You have a role. You have an opportunity to minister to others. Don't be freaked out by it. You did it this morning. You showed up. Have you ever been encouraged when, when we're singing and you're just standing there and you're looking around and you're just watching others engage in worship? That's stirring one another up to love and good deeds. That's encouraging each other. Maybe you, you, you skip out to go get a drink of water or go grab some coffee and you, you see, you, you take a look down into the children's ministries room and you see some, ki- uh, some teachers there teaching some little kids or playing with some little kids or you see somebody holding a baby and you're just like, ah, like, yeah, that's it. There's great value in us being together because of what Jesus has done, because of who Jesus is. And yet we have a part to play. We have a role in the ministry of others. Not one to overwhelm us. Don't be scared. Because the great thing is is we get to do it together. And there is value in that together. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for this place today. And again, not because of the walls and the, the, the speakers and the lights, but because of the, the messy souls that are here. And because of the God who we are singing to. Because he's a God who knows the hairs on our heads. He knows our sins. He knows our struggles. He is a God who knows the mess in our lives that maybe we're not even fully aware of. And he is a God who, because of the blood that is spilled, that has been spilled for us, he is a God with his arms wide open and he says, come in. So church this morning, I would ask, are you taking full advantage of who your father is? 
Are you pressing in? Are you drawing near to him? In, in our relationship with him, we're the ones who change. We're the ones who mess things up. It's not him. And yet he has his arms wide open constantly. And he says, come to me. Draw near to him. Jesus says, we prepare to go from this place. May we leave at your pace. May we be open and receptive to the Holy Spirit stopping us to hug somebody. To, to, to introduce ourselves to somebody that we've never met. To step into life with someone. Jesus, for those of us who, who maybe are hurting, who, who would long to be on the receiving end of that encouragement, I would ask that the Holy Spirit would give them a boldness. It would give, give those of us who need that encouragement a courage to be even just a little open. Say, man, my week was kind of hard. that we would allow the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. Jesus, may we be encouraged by your word. May we be encouraged by the presence of the Father, may we also be encouraged by the presence of those sitting in this place around us. And may that, may all those things give us reason to head out into this world, to head into the days that are before us this week, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and to come back next Sunday to gather together, to hit our connect groups, to gather together, to draw near to you, with full assurance, and with full confidence. Jesus, we love you. We desperately need you. In your name we pray. Amen.